attention to you. And he said, this young man of God, and this is how he said it, this young man of God is full of seeds. And those seeds are going to start sprouting. He didn't say bad seeds. He said lots of good seeds. Lots of good seeds are in you. And there are things that are going to come out of you that people around you are going, my God, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. You know, your, 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 your parents have, uh, have, have done a lot. You know, sometimes at the age that we're at right now, we think that there are some things that are just, we didn't go right. But I'm going to tell you what, your, your folks did a lot of good things. And they watched over you. And they put you in places where God could do things in you. You didn't even know the Lord was doing them in you. And you're coming into that season now where the Lord's going to bring the increase out of those seeds. And uh, you're going to see you're going to see what the Lord has done. He's done some mighty things in you. And I'm going to tell you, brother, there's coming a day in your life that you're going to say, my God, I had no idea that all these things were in the treasure house of my heart. Hallelujah. So I want to bless you tonight and say, listen, watch, watch what the Lord will do. And uh, I, I believe the Lord is saying this to you tonight so that your mind can begin to entertain the possibility that some of these things that are happening in my life could be the finger of God stirring the pot. Amen. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this young man of God. Lord, I pray over those seeds that are in him in the name of Jesus that they will awaken, they will grow, they will sprout, they will produce a mighty harvest in so many areas and so many arenas in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you just to, uh, to send an entourage with him everywhere he goes. Lord, watch over him, protect him, God. And I pray for all the connections of his life, Lord, to begin to align. Just like Pastor said tonight, Lord, he, he needs all of those connections in his life to align like they need to align, Lord, because the grace that is in him, Lord, will connect and flow, and Lord, give you glory and give you praise. Father, we bless him tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you was here last night? <laughs> Wasn't that great? <laughs> Goodness gracious. I wasn't sure what all was going to go on last night. Uh, I just knew... I just knew I wanted more. <laughs> so good to see all of you tonight. I tell you, you know, when you're in a moment like this, uh, so many things get stirred up inside of you. So many uh, 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 things the Holy Ghost begins to just awaken you to. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're like I'm a pastor, and uh, as a pastor, sometimes I get in a, in a, in a, a rut. I get in, or I, I say a groove. You know, you get in a pastor groove. You know, you're a teacher, you're a minister of the word, and you're pastoring a flock and, and all those kinds of things. And it's a moment like last night that just serves you and brings so many things that God has done in times past and awakens those things, and the fresh touch of God comes upon it. I'll tell you, you know, I've been around a while, and I've seen a lot of people around always saying, well, God's going to do a new thing. God's going to do a new thing. We kind of need to get our mind wrapped around the idea that a new thing that God's saying is really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a fresh touch on a lot of other things that I've already done, and I'm going to bring that thing around again, and you're going to feel like it was just the first time all over again. And it's a cycle that he brings you in glory to glory where he brings those things to pass. And I'm going to tell you, there's some things in us that God needs to bring the fresh wind in. And I believe he's going to do that tonight. Hallelujah. So one more time, say, Lord, do something special in me tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, uh, 
I want to I want to look in the word here for a minute. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. I read from the New King James. I uh, I've tried other translations, but I I think this way. Uh, I cut my teeth on King James and New King James, and, and I've, tried to, <laughs> I've tried to read those other translations, even using them in ministry, and, and uh, my mind will automatically begin to quote New King James. So I just decided to stick here. Listen to this, Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we're debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit, everybody say by the Spirit, by the Spirit. you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. So listen, I want to talk to you tonight about this, this thing the Holy Spirit does in our life as we follow him. You know, we're all growing up in the Lord. We're, I don't care how long you've been serving the Lord. Uh, I've been a Christian for 47 years. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter how long you serve the Lord. You realize that you're still growing. You're still, you're still encountering things that, that the Lord will challenge you on if you'll walk with him. And, uh, and you'll learn things. You'll grow in things. And a lot of things that God does is he unhooks us from things that we believe that are not true. I've been shocked at this in my whole Christian life. You know, Jesus told us, uh, you know, in the, not Jesus, but John the Baptist told us in the description of, of Jesus, his, his winnowing fork, when we're baptized in the Holy Ghost, his winnowing fork is in his hand, he'll thoroughly purge his floor, he'll gather the wheat into the barn, and the chaff he'll burn with unquenchable fire. We often think of that in terms of, uh, of, uh, of the Lord punishing me for something or chastening me for something, but the Holy Ghost separates us from lies. He's the spirit of truth. And sometimes the issue isn't that the devil's so big and bad. It's the, it's the way that we're hanging on to things that we don't need in our life that really we need to let go of. Tammy and I both know, recognize that 2023 already is becoming a year where weights and things that we don't need, uh, the baggage of our life is, is God's trying to shake us free from carrying and packing that stuff around into the future. I'll tell you, when you have a shaking in your life and you start laying aside the luggage you don't need, God is able to cause you to move faster. Sometimes we're moving slow because we're lugging a whole bunch of stuff we don't need in our life. And here's the deal. Sometimes we believe that that's just who we are. We believe that's what we need, that we believe that, well, that's my experience. You know, I've had a lot of negative experiences in my life, and sometimes those negative experiences try to define you. I've had heartbreaks and disappointments and all those things. Everybody has those things. But sometimes, man, you, you get a hold of that thing and, and somehow it gets in there and it becomes part of your identity. And if you're not al allowing the Lord to touch that, boy, I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that, are, that the Lord can get us free from a whole lot easier. But things that we wrap around in our identity, those things are tough. Those things are things that he's got to get in there and help us dismantle the belief system that we have allowed to dominate our mind. I used to think it was really hard to live for the Lord because I don't know what I'm going to do with this old body of sin. I just can't seem to stop doing bad things. 
I'd go to church and feel condemned sometimes because I didn't live right, didn't do things right. And until I figured out, you know, he's telling me right here that he's given me the key, and it's by the Spirit. Sometimes we think I just don't have enough willpower. But listen, really, you need to st stop thinking like that. You need to start thinking about, hey, I need to get full of the Holy Ghost and get full of the Holy Ghost again. And if I fall down, you know what? I'm going to get back in there and get full of the Holy Ghost again. And the, the more I can live a Spirit-filled life, the more power and victory I'm going to realize over the carnal man. The carnal man is not meant to be the stream with which we live out of our life. It won't produce the things that we're looking for. And I'm going to tell you, that's what old religion will do to you. Religion will tell you, you know, you just need to get a stronger will. And you know, Paul told the Colossians, he said there was a bunch of them that were caught up in this thing called will worship. You ever heard of that? Will worship. I'm worship. You know, I used to have an old guy in my church years ago. He couldn't handle the young people. We were in the middle of revival. He had to have trouble with these young people that had all these vices and these, these ways about them. And he would, you know, some of them were smokers and some of them were, you know, cussers. And we, we still got them around today, the sipping saints and the cussing saints and all that. But anyway, he would tell me, he goes, well, I don't understand this smoking thing. He said, when, when the Lord touched me. I took my pack of cigarettes and I was driving down to the logwoods and I threw them on the dash and never touched them again. And I'm like, well, great. But you know, it don't work for everybody like that. Well, I don't understand how they just can't make a choice to just quit it. Well, you know, he was talking to a dude that was, that was a four-pack-a-day smoker uh, just some years before who couldn't get free from that, no matter how many. You know, I would make, I would make these vows. You know, that we're, we just headed into the new year. How many of us made New Year resolutions? Well, I would make them all the time, and I would say, oh, God, I'm sorry for smoking. I, I can't be a preacher and be a smoker. And I would just, God, I would have those moments where I'm, oh, I'm excited. I would crush the pack and throw them in the trash and just, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then, well, about 45 minutes later, an hour later, I'm like. And I would creep back over there to the trash can. And I would bend down there and I'd pull that crushed pack out. And I would see if I couldn't figure out how to get another one out of there. And go through the cycle over and over and over and over and over until finally one night on November the 17th, 1988, I was laying there on a couch and I put my pack of Marlboros on the stand in tears and said, God, I don't know what I'm going, I, I, I need you. I can't do it. You have to do it. Do what you got to do. And you know, that night I had a dream. And in that dream, I was standing in a desert place with Jesus Christ. Jesus was standing there, and he was talking to me about many things of my life. And he, and he told me, you're not going to remember the, all these things that I'm telling you, but I'm telling you all these things. It's like a movie was playing up on this, this desert sky, this evening desert sky. And he said, here's how I see that vice in your life. And I saw that thing. It was ugly. It was not pretty. And he said, see, I've taken it from you. And he moved his hand right over my vision. And I woke up in that moment. The next morning, it was already, and I woke up, and it was as if I had never smoked at all. It wasn't like I had to go through the withdrawals or anything like It was like I had never done it. It was like, all the, it was like another, it happened to somebody else. 
And it, was, and it was amazing. It was an amazing miracle in my life. I started realizing that, you know what, that, that happens on many levels with all the other things that go on in our life. And it's not, it's not that we necessarily need a vision like that or we need a dream like that to get free from something. We need the Holy Ghost. And when we get full of the Holy Ghost, things change in the, in the, in the, in the inside of us where God unhooks us from identity. And I'm going to tell you, as a Christian, you know, sometimes we have our identity in, in the culture around us. We have our identity in being Americans. We, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to bust your bubble because I, I love America. But listen to me, God's not an American. And it's a shocker to some people, and I don't mean to offend anybody over that. It was a, I mean, God actually told me that one day. He actually told me that. I'm not an American. This was back in the Reagan days. You know, I'm like, What? I actually believe that there was an American flag flying behind the throne of glory. And boy, did I have to change. You know, I really had to change. And we have to, you know, we, we wrap ourselves up into things that sometimes these are the motivators of how we function. And God brings us to places where he separates us from the lies that we believe. When we recognize that we walk in the Spirit, we can put to death the deeds of the body or the functions of the carnal man, the ways the carnal man operates. And you know, everybody in this place, no matter how long you've been a Christian, you, you deal with the carnal man. Old man's dead. Carnal man has to be crucified. And, and we sometimes think, well, I just got to just, just stop doing, you know, we think this will game that we play. It's more than that. It's really a place. Thank you. Amen. Boy, if y'all, y'all are anointed to bring... The, the, the hankies to church. Amen. It's that place where we get full of the Holy Spirit. And you know, every time you get, you know, that's why the Bible tells us to continually be filled with the Spirit. To be continually filled. And we position ourselves to get filled with the Spirit. Something inside of us changes. We may not perceive it immediately, but something inside us changes. And the longer we practice that, the longer we lean towards that and become a Holy Spirit Christian. You know, I come from a Baptist background, and, you know, it was a radical shift for me to get involved in spirit-filled things because I, 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 I would hear people in the background of my past, oh, that's the devil, you know, and all that stuff. And so you're leery of things, and then you get involved in it, and you get touched by it. Man, I, well, boy, when I started recognizing the power of the thing, I started realizing, man, I, I want this. I want this to the umph degree. Now, I, I love the Bible. I read the Bible. I study the Bible. I have done years of Bible study, and I dig and eat the Word every day. I'm just, I just live in the Word. But I don't read it religiously. I don't read it like a liturgy of my life. I don't, I don't really have those routines that some people have or have their daily. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Daily devotionals are not Bible study. I just want to say that to you. <laughs> Don't, don't confuse daily devotionals with Bible study. It's good to have them, but, you know, I do believe in Bible study. However, I want the teacher of that book to start talking to me and tell me things about it. Somebody was just saying here the other night that, uh, you know, they, there was a time in their life where they were quoting the word before they had ever read that, that part of the scripture. Uh, well, that was me. 
Boy, I'm telling you, in the 80s, there were times I was sitting there having conversations with people and the Spirit of God would come upon me and I'd begin to witness to them and I'd quote Scripture to them and I hadn't even read the whole book. I hadn't even read a, a minuscule part of the book at that time. I, I, and I mean, these things would come out and then eventually I'd be in the book and I would read and find that passage of Scripture and go, oh my gosh, I, I didn't realize that was Scripture I was quoting to that person. It's an amazing thing when the author of the book can have his way in your life. There are things he can escalate to take you places that you need to be. Everybody say, I'm ready to go there. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It's interesting in that word led where the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to take you by the hand and he knows the future you need to walk in. I'm going to tell you, we got to recognize, I heard Rick Renner say this sometime back. He said, you know, the Holy Spirit, he knows what's around every corner of your life. He knows the future. He knows the way. Sometimes we really just don't know where we're going and what we're doing. We need to have the guide tell us, the tour guide of our life. Take us into our future. What are we doing as the body of Christ trying to go into our future without the guide that God gave us to take us into our future? Honestly, think about all the plans you have in your life, the pursuits you have in your life, the things that you want to do in your life. You know, when you get a hold of the guide's hand, the Holy Ghost's hand, there are a lot of things he'll take you around, and some of those things he'll say, you know, that's not really my plan for your life. I want you to let that go. And you'll drop that baggage, and then all of a sudden you become free and start moving towards and live out the destiny and the dream. You know, I have a fr Tammy and I have a friend of ours, who, a missionary from Bulgaria. She was mentored by a great man of God named T.L. Osborne. I mean, she met him at an airport. She saw him at an airport terminal, and she's like, I'm going to go talk to him. And she, she went over and started talking to him, and he gave her his number and uh, the ministry and told her to get in touch with him, and he personally uh, mentored her. And uh, she said there were encyclopedias in their, in, in their ministry there, Enci literally encyclopedias of all the miracles, the documented miracles that filled every wall. And, you know, he told her some things that, that, that she, she really learned about life. And he said, you know, life, life is, is kind of like this. He said, life is like where you when you, when you, when you get a hold of the Holy Ghost, what he'll start telling you is that that voice you've been listening to is either me or it's not me. And he said, if you can figure out listening to the Holy Spirit that maybe I've been believing voices, that ain't God. He said, you'll start getting free from some of the things. She grew up in a place where, where uh, there was a lot of inferiority and a lot of oppression. There was a lot of human trafficking in, in her country. There was a lot of witchcraft in her country. It was just the culture under communism. It was just all that stuff that was under communism. And she said, nobody was happy. Nobody had joy. Nobody believed they were worth anything. And she comes to America, meets that man of God, starts getting mentored after she gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and starts getting separated from all of those lies that she had believed that she had wrapped up her identity in. And I'm telling you, she's as bold as a lion today. She shocks us when she comes and just tells, you know, she's, she's a kind of a different preacher than I've ever met because she's one of the few preachers that I've ever met that never repeats anything she says. It's always a complete linear line of, of revelation that flows out of her without, a, without repeating things over and over again. And I've, I've always been shocked at the way her clarity comes out because it's coming out from the identity she learned in Christ. Everybody say, I have an identity in Christ. 
I'm telling you this stuff for a reason. Listen, when the Holy Spirit, when you, when you recognize that you're a son of God, a daughter of God, um, then you start recognizing that, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I, I recognize that, you know, maybe I'm, I need to grow some. Because, you know, these words, sons of God, children of God in the Bible, aren't all the same level of growth. Some of them are babies, some of them are teenagers, some of them are children, some of them are full-grown sons. When you're a full-grown son like this, when, when you grow up into things, there are things that God can, can deliver into your life and start using you in in the capacity that he wants at that level. You know, it's like some of the little kids around here, you know, it's, it's cute watching them play with the things that they have, but they, they play with age-appropriate things, don't they? They play with age-appropriate things. You know, we, we got a granddaughter, and we got, we got little grandkids. And, you know, when, when I have a grandson, and his dad takes him out shooting sometimes, his dad doesn't just let him have a gun and take off. His dad sits down and says, there's rules to this. this is the way you use this. There's a way it goes about it. And he follows those, those patterns. And he knows that there's coming a day when he's not going to need to do that to him. He's going to be able to say, hey, that's your gun. You, you handle that now. You're, you're capable. You're capable of carrying that thing. You know, we don't give uh, our kids a, a chainsaw, you know. We, 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 we have to give them age-appropriate things. Well, God's the same way, by the way. I want to tell you, God's really the same way. Now, we may taste those things. We may be in an environment like we're around our mentors, we're around our leaders, and, and we've got the chainsaw. I mean, we're cutting through the logs, and we're just really having a good time. But it's an environment of learning and growing because we can take to the next level. You realize being led by the Spirit of God is God trying to take you to the next level of growth, the next level where he can deliver into your hand the things that really belong to you. Everybody say, there's things that belong to me. When I was a new Spirit-filled Christian, man, I was born into the fire. I mean, visions and dreams and signs and wonders and all of those mighty things happened in my life. Visitation from Jesus on several occasions. Different things happened, and then it kind of dried up for a little while. And I felt guilty, I felt ashamed, I felt confused. All kinds of things went into my life. And God said, I was just teaching you things that you need to point your nose toward. Things that you need to kind of understand are there and they're available for your life at some point in the future because I've got a work for you to do when you get older. And, you know, as I began to grow and as I began to submit myself, I found myself up under my mentors. And, man, when I was up under my mentors, that anointing would kick in again. And, I mean, there were things that were operating in the context of the church that didn't operate outside the context of my mentors. And I began to learn how this works, how this, how this flows. And so I began to gather in the house of God and say, God, I want you to turn the buttons on. I want to learn is all I can learn in the environment that I need because there's something I know that you want to do. Like I even went to my pastor, Pastor Tom, and I said, why is all this, this was going on here and now it's not going on here? I'm not sure what's going on. He goes, well, there's a day it's going to kick on again. It's just you need to do some growing. And there's some changing. You know, I'm really glad that I had, I had the atmosphere in my life where there was, there was a need for change that was being ministered to me. Because I'm going to tell you something about my life. I was a rebel. I was, I, had, I was full of attitude. I was full. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was full of vice, attitude, and rebellion. And I'm a Christian. I'm a spirit-filled, yabba-dabba-doo Christian. 
And I would come to church and I would, I, you know, hallelujah. You know, we did the, the bunny hop thing back then. You remember that, the bunny hop? I'd like to do that, but I'm afraid I, I wouldn't, you know, I might fall down. These legs are, they got all they can handle right now. Amen. <laughs> but I mean, I got, I got it in there. And you know, I had a pastor. He was, he was, he was rough on me now. And I, I look back on it and I'm like, my God, I've never been that rough on anybody like he was on me. But man, God knew exactly what I needed. I mean, my pastor sat down and chewed me out one day because I chewed him out one day. Because that was just my way of doing it, you know. You know, I don't like it. And he just finally had enough, and he just turned to me one day and said, sit down here, and he let me have it with both barrels. I mean, I was gut shot too, man. I mean, he, he let me have it. And I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. You're a nice Christian preacher. And, man, he said things to me. I won't even repeat the things that he said to me. Boy, I left out of there crying and mad and hurt, and I went home. I, was, I vowed I'm never going back. I'll never. Because I had already had that stinking attitude. I don't need any man in my life. That, you know, God, God don't. He just, I just want Jesus, you know. Man, I stormed at home. I, I still living at home with my mom at the time. And I remember going to bed that, and I still cried hurt because I couldn't believe that the man of God did that. And there was something down in here that was just rolling over sick. We were just rolling over sick. And it felt like it was just working me over on the inside. And I just literally held my belly all night, rolling back and forth, crying, crying, and crying. And God, how could, how could they, how could they he do that to me? He's the man of God. Lord, I, 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 you know, I just cried all that long. And then here the sun starts to come up. And I'm still crying. And I open my eyes and I see that the sun is coming up. And then just like a booming voice, the Lord says, that's me. I'm trying to straighten some things out in your life. I need you to submit to it. I'm like, oh, you mean it wasn't the preacher? And God said, no, no, that was me. That was me. God, that, God said, that was me. Working through your preacher. And boy, you talk about that was the moment my ears came open. To how you? Because I thought I thought following the spirit was licking my finger and figuring out which way the wind's blowing. And it was at that moment that I realized, wait a minute, there's a whole lot more to this king, this kingdom thing, than I thought. You know, there's a reason that language is in the Bible. Yes, the kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost, but think about it, kingdom. That means there's a group under a king. And how, do, and how do I fit into the picture? How do I fit into the picture? Listen, I believe God's saying something to the church tonight. Listen, I, I'm telling you, there, there's something happening in this house right now where the seeds that, I, mean, I don't think it's just, just money over here. I think the seeds that are sown into this house are going to come alive like they never, 2023 is going to be a year of a, of, of a completion like it's never happened before. And I'll tell you, the prophecies, one of the, one of the prophecies of the Bible that we kind of miss is that prophecy in the book of Joel where, you know, he's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh and all this stuff. Boy, a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. He talks about the army of the Lord that runs on the city and runs on the wall. Great is the army that carries out his word. 
And you know what he also says about that great army? They won't break their ranks. My God, think about, think about how, if you're, not, if you're not conscious of that kind of a work of the Holy Spirit, you're always out of step with the rest of the people of God. How many people are claiming to be spirit-led and they're not in step? Hallelujah. You know, oh my God. Here we go. Amen. I want to I show you this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul. They're out. Of, they're, I'm telling you, it's the truth. It's one of those reasons why we haven't really been effective when we are Holy Ghost people. I'm telling I'm not talking about to those who ain't Holy Ghost people. They're, they're Christians. There's a lot of Christians who ain't Holy Ghost Christians. But I'm talking about the Holy Ghost Christians. You know, I think that the non-Holy Ghost Christians need to get the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost Christians need to understand some things about how he works. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. He said, now I, Paul, and myself am pleading with you. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. That's, there's a mouthful right there. He says, you know, uh, uh, I, I know I pre, I, I, I'm perceived by you as being, you know, just a nice guy. He said, so I'm going to be bold in my letters. But, but this, is, <laughs> this is kind of the language he's trying to use. And he's trying to caution them, don't let that fool you. I beg you when I, that when I'm present with you, I may not be bold with the confidence which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. That's why he's saying, be careful not to, not to, not to be deceived by my niceness because I'm, I'm, I'm deliberate. And then he says, for we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. You realize that word war means I do not serve in the fleshly military the word is about a military. I serve in a spiritual military. Now, I'm not going to preach a, a, a spiritual soldier message like this, but I want you to kind of get a concept where he's saying, we're, we're, not, we're not like the world, but there is an arrangement. There is an order. There is a way that, that, this, that this is working itself out. We, walk in, we do not walk in the flesh. Uh, even though we're in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Everybody say, mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. You know that word mighty is a Greek word that means absolutely capable. You know what he's saying there? He says, listen, when you get in step with what the Holy Ghost is doing, he's going to set you on a campaign to start changing some ways, some ways inside that we believe that aren't quite right. And his method, his power, his ability is quite capable of getting the job done. Everybody say, I'm ready for change, God. I'm ready for change, God. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land over here, and we're going to pray for some folks here because I, I feel like we're supposed to pray. I want you to look in this, this I, I, and I almost didn't do this, I, I, but the Lord keeps pestering me, so I'm going to do it. First, First Chronicles, First Chronicles, 
And uh, chapter 4 and verse 9, 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9. <laughs> Listen, th this is about the prayer of Jabez. But, okay. You know, that was real popular a few years back. Remember that? It was, it was like a fire. Do you realize, you realize I, I, pur I purposely never preached that message? I purposely avoided it like the plague. I never preached it, ever, never touched it. I skimmed through the book. It was just hitting it from all angles, and everybody was jumping on the bandwagon, and it was kind of a thing, you know. And I don't know, you know, I just never did. And then just the other day, as we're turning into the new year, the Lord explodes this in my spirit and says, I, I want you to talk about this. And I'm like, why? But I realize that there's a lot of Christians now that had never heard this. I actually heard this message for the first time in 1981 in a Jimmy, watching a Jimmy Swaggart crusade. Watching a Jimmy Swaggart crusade, he, he taught on the prayer of Jabez. And I kept thinking, how did he get that out of that? Well, listen. Listen to what the Bible says. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. I want to re everybody repeat this. So God, so God granted, him granted him what he requested. Now, we don't know much about this guy. What we do know is he came from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praisers. That's about all we know about this guy, except that, that there was things off. And God responded to this guy's prayer for change in his life. You know, I, I, I've realized that sometimes within our life as Christians, we get, we get kind of religious about praying for others and not praying for ourselves. I've been guilty of this many times. I've been guilty of praying for the, for the world to be saved, Jesus. Oh, Lord, just, I don't want you to look at me. I want you to look at them. I, I'm not, you know, we kind of, we don't really say it, but we, we think it. I'm, I'm not worthy. Help them. How many of you have a, have a lot of faith to pray for your brother to be healed of a disease, but when you, when you have the same thing, you, you, there's, there's nothing coming up in there? I've met a lot of Christians like this. They've got faith to move mountains and other people, but they couldn't move a molehill in their own life. Met a lot of them. I used to be one. But there are some places God wants us to pray for something to change in our life so that he can respond to it and do something special. Do you realize this, this, this verse 9 this was what shot. This is this is a benefit of learning Hebrew. Like I've learned, I've learned biblical Hebrew. I took six years of biblical Hebrew out of the University of Jerusalem. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. I was blown away in the original Hebrew that this is not. It's it's not a, a mistranslation. It's it's kind of a misleading translation. And it doesn't, and this is what's strange about this. You can go to any translation and it's the same as it is right here. And it's still, it's not pegging it like it needs to peg it. The, the word honorable is the Hebrew word that comes out of that word called kabod. Anybody ever heard of the word kabod, which is the word for glory? 
the, the glory of God. Except this is a verb, not a noun. This is a verb that comes from one of the Hebrew verb stems called the nephal. So what it is actually telling us out of the nephal stem of that verb is that Jabez was a heavy burden to his brothers. It was not saying he was a notch above. It was saying that he was a pill. And I, I'm telling you, this, this makes the rest of this make sense. This is why, and I'm telling you, it came because mommy, you know, biblical names were really important because they had a prophetic tone to them. You know, it was really important to the people in the Bible to name their kids right. But you know what I've known from the Scripture? Not everybody that's in the Scripture was named correctly. Most people don't know this, but do you realize that Solomon was never supposed to be called Solomon? The prophet of God told his parents, don't call him Solomon. His name is Jedediah. But they didn't listen to what heaven had to say. And some of the things that you watch Solomon live out were attached to his name because it connected to us. I'll tell you another one. Jacob. Jacob was not what heaven called him. It was the divine encounter where God straightened out his thinking and said, we never thought of you that way. Your name is Israel. You're a prince with God. You know, sometimes we think that God changed his name. God did not change his name. God taught him what his name really was. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's an amazing, you know, our identity is a powerful thing. And I'm telling you, when God gets in there and starts working those wrinkles out and straightening out our thinking, all of a sudden we realize things about ourselves because heaven said it. I'm telling you, Jesus, Jesus got with his disciples one time and he says this to him. He says, who do men say that I am? Oh, well, you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, you're one of those prophets. Now, who do you say that I am? You realize that only one dude in the whole clan? You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And I'm telling you, you can just see Jesus going, ah, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood didn't tell you that. My father told you that. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. What's that about? See, we, it, listen, Peter was not the first pope. See, that's what, that, that, that mess is what happens when the carnal mind gets involved. <laughs> Jesus was saying the, re the revelation of what heaven is saying is how I'm building. Is how I, you know, we're, we're the church and we're each living stones and we're being fitted into a spiritual house. You realize this is the process. We're all being worked on by God because there's a spot that's made just for us. And some of us, we're not quite fitting the spot. So he's got to work on the, the stone because it's going in that spot. And a lot of that has to do with what you think you are. 
My God. I mean, Jabez was living out this being a pill, being a heavy burden to his entire family and to his entire world until somewhere along the way he gets a hold of God and calls on the name of the Lord and says, God, I want you to change me. I want you to change me. Everybody jump to your feet and say, God, I want you to change me. That is not a self-centered prayer. That is a divine prayer tonight that God wants you to start praying in your life. God, I don't want to be a heavy burden and a pill to people around me. I don't want to be just something that I feel like I'm just baggage in the family any longer. My God, I'm telling you, I stopped being a pill when I realized that I was not called to be a pill. I was called to be a blessing. You know, God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. My God, this is over and over and over in the Word. Hallelujah. You know what some of us are doing? Some of us are thinking, well, if they really knew me. I'm telling you, we live like this. If they really knew me, if they really knew what I was, what I was doing, what I was struggling with, what I, then they wouldn't like me. Or, or somehow, some of us, we believe, well, well if God found out. <laughs> Everybody say, he knows, he knows. I mean, he knows better than Santa Claus. He knows, he always knows, Amen. And he called you while you were in your mess. You know why he called you when you're a mess? Because he's calling you out of your mess. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered, will be saved, and will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, folks, listen to me. I don't mind. I mean, pray for the world around you. Pray for the lost. Pray for your families. But also pray for yourself. And don't just pray for God to fix your hangnail. Start, start carrying it beyond. Lord, you know, I got this, I got this cusser. God, you know, I, I'm not trying to, trying to preach just on sin here. But, you know, I'm telling you, some of those things, they, they attach to, I mean, I knew years ago, there, there's no way. I, I determined I'm not going to be a, a Gene Scott and set up in front of the church and, and light up the stogies and drink the liquor. And, and, and you, know, that, that, it, you know, I knew, it just knew that's not going to work for where, where my place was. I mean, I probably could have gathered a crowd of people just like that, but that's not ministry. And, you know, we got to think about our future like that. There are things that we're carrying around that we believe are part of our identity. I'll even say this. You know, we had this happen in our, in our church, in our region here recently. The Lord began to touch on something that's a stronghold in our area in northeast Texas, and that's grief. People down there in northeast Texas, when somebody dies, they never get over it. And, I mean, that sounds harsh, but, I mean, they, they, they build memorials. They put 
things on the back of their windshields. They put flowers on the side of the road at the scene of the accident. They live in this constant sorrow and grief cycle that they're living every day as if it just happened. And some of it happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and they cannot go forward in their life because of the brokenness of that, of that thing that happened. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not going to be pain involved in things like that. But I'm going to tell you something. If, 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 when stuff like that happens in our life, we, we have to go with God. And you know what God told me? God told me, I want you to tell him this. Tell him Samuel was grieving over Saul because Saul was blowing it all the time. And finally one day God came to Samuel and he said, Samuel, I want you to stop grieving. I want you to get your horn of oil and I want you to rise up and go where I send you. My God, man, I started ministering that and I'm telling you, it was like light bulbs. Just and people were like, and I just told, God told me to tell them, God, God tells you today, I give you permission to stop grieving. And people were like, what? Nobody had ever told them that. They thought they were honoring the dead by continually not living. I said, the best way you can honor the dead is to keep living. And you know what? It's not just people like that. Some of us, even in this place, I want you to bow your head real quick. Close your eyes. Some of us in this place, we're grieving a, a failure. We're grieving a loss. I've even met people, they were grieving because they had to file bankruptcy somewhere in their life. And they were so ashamed and felt like a failure in life that they could never move forward and believe for anything good to happen in their life today. I'm telling you, God's bringing healing today to your heart. He's going to separate you. Some of us, were grieving a failed marriage. We're grieving because something that we have done cost a lot of other people things. And it caused pain. We were like Jabez. We caused pain. And we can't seem to forgive ourselves and let that go. And now it's become part of our identity. And I'm here to tell you tonight... That is not something the Spirit of God wants to leave you in any longer. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God has never changed his mind about you. And his plan for you is still on go. What he asks you tonight is to make a decision within your life. I have to step away from the thing that I have identified with that really I'm not that is not me in Jesus that's something that happened to me but it is not me and I'm going to tell you the grace of God will come in and begin to work in your life and get you unstuck from that place as I pray I want to ask you to please make this conscious effort to do this tonight and just, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not asking you for anything more than this, but I'm asking you because there will be a lot of things that will happen here in a minute. I'm asking you as we pray to just say God and do it as a prophetic statement and take a step away from where you currently are in your geographical moment and take a step to the altar of God. You know, there's a place like this for the altar of God. 
I'm going to tell you, all this week, God's opening you up because he's working a work of healing on the inside. He's enlarging your territory. There are things in 2023 you got to carry. And there are things in 2023 you're not supposed to carry. And so make a, make a statement today with God and say, God, I'm willing. And you take that step and you come to the altar tonight. Hallelujah. Father, I pray in Jesus' name over the people of God in this house. Every person in this house tonight, God, heal them. Heal us on the inside. We cry out to you, Father. And we're asking you to enlarge our territory, expand our understanding. Lord, teach us who we really are. I know that we know, but Father, we also need to connect with that in the revelation that we can live in the power of that. Lord, not a storybook thing, not because the preacher said it, but because that's what you are saying over us. You called us to call us out of the places of failure and brokenness and the hindrances of things that we believe about ourselves that we are not supposed to believe another moment longer. As we step in faith tonight, God, I believe the power of God is expanding, touching, and healing us. In the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. Of things in heaven, things on the earth, and even things under the earth, and every tongue confesses and declares that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Look at that. Nearly the whole church. Now tell me that ain't spot on, man. I'm telling you. God is working a work. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices. And if you can pray in the Spirit or you can just say, praise you, Jesus. I thank you for this moment. I want you to begin to pray that over, over and over again. Just begin to stir up the river. Stir up the inside of your being. In the name of Jesus, freedom. The name of Jesus destroys every yoke. The anointing <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. God is enlarging you, brother. He's enlarging you. God is enlarging you, brother. Hallelujah. Oh, he's going to teach you the banners that's flying over your life. Hallelujah. And he's waving the banner. And he's saying right over here is where you stand under it. Not where you've been standing. Over here is where you've been standing. Hallelujah. And the power and the grace for change. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, healed, healed by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. You know, there's times for outer healing and there's times for inner healing. And this is a moment of inner healing in Jesus' name. Separate us, God. Separate us. Separate us from the cycles of depression. Separate us from the cycles of anxiety, the cycles of fear, the cycles of addiction. Separate us, Lord, from the cycles of failure. Separate us from our, from, from our habits and our ways that keep us falling in a ditch over and over again.
Lord, this is a year of change. We're leaving all the baggage that we can possibly leave behind tonight. We're going to run together because we are the people in this time that will not break their ranks. We are not going to walk out of step. We're going to walk in step with the way of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm telling you, God's filling your tanks. Amen. You're going home full. Hallelujah. Yeah, it is today. It is today. It is today. Today, you have heard his voice, and it is that day of salvation. Today, no more pain. I want you to say this, Nikki. Say, today is my day. Today is my day. Today is my day. Amen. Today is my day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I give you permission. Today, I give you permission. Titus, I love you, brother. Lift your hands up to Jesus. Father, I pray for my brother. Fill him with the Holy Ghost afresh and anew. He's coming out of these meetings different. He's coming out of these meetings changed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. A shift and a movement of the Holy Ghost. Repositioning, a realigning. And an expansion for more. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Take a big old deep breath. Filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Filled with the Holy Ghost. Any of y'all talk in tongues yet? Are you talking in tongues yet? You want to? All right. Close your eyes. Lift your hands again. Say, Jesus, I want to be baptized in the Spirit. I want my prayer language. Everyone over there. Say, I want my prayer language. In Jesus' name. Now, Father. Now I want you to open your mouth and let him fill it. Because it's in there. It's in there and it's coming out in the name of Jesus. It's coming out in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, these are the most anointed kids. Amen. Thank you, Father. 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 
<laughs> Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Enlarge our territory. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's lift our voices. Don't unhook on me just yet. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I seen the sun break through the clouds this moment I put my hands on you. That's what run through my inner man was, was the sun shining. The clouds are parting. The heavens of your mind, the heavens of your life are beginning to break open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And I don't think it's because you know anything bad has been going on in your life, but I'm telling you, God's bringing you into a brighter light than you've been walking in. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I put my hands on you, sister. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I know you've responded to the faith. We're never going to be the same in the name of Jesus. Never going to be the same in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, let this be a, a, different, a completely different year. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'll pray for y'all again. Hallelujah. We got another row? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up, sister. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you a little nervous? Okay. You don't have to be nervous. It's okay. Praise God. You know Jesus, right? All right. Praise God. I want you to lift your hands. Don't close your eyes. All I'm going to do is just put my hand on you. I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, you may, you may feel something, you may not, but we're going to believe God for something to occur in your life. Father, I thank you so much. Lord, that pain is not going to be the dominator. Hurt and pain, struggle. Father, we're believing for a healing on the inside. Lord, we're not going to identify with pain and traumas of, of, our, of our life. We're going to identify with the healer, Christ Jesus, who bore our, our griefs and carried our pains. Hallelujah. Jesus carried them. We're putting them on him. In Jesus' name, and I pray for my sister to be healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, that she smiles and carries the anointing in that smile. In Jesus' name. Fill her with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for good and new things. Thank you, Lord, for the emerging, Lord, of, of wave after wave of gracious goodness from God. Lord, I bless my sister. Lord, it's so good to see her. Lord, I thank you for the work of the Holy Ghost that's in her. Lord, all the things and the treasures of Jesus, Lord, that are inside of her. Lord, I just lay my hands on her right now and I pray. 
Lord, that today and this year and this moment, Lord, that whatever things we leave behind, Lord, we're, we're, we're willing. We're willing. We don't want to carry anything that's unnecessary and heavy. We want to be free and light, Lord, because your, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, we make that decision in Jesus' name. Boy, y'all look, y'all look alike. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> For a minute there, I'm like, well, did you jump? <laughs> you jumped over here. <laughs> Would you lift your hands up? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm just playing with you. Father, I thank you so much for my sister. And I pray for her right now. Holy Ghost, my God, I feel the anointing on you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God is doing something in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, do it. Just do what you want to right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I see earth moving. Earth moving in you. Earth moving. I don't even know what that means, except that things are moving. Things are changing. Thank you, Jesus. We bless her today. Pray for her today. Lord, we, we make the commitment, Lord, this is a new year, a new day. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, 2023 is going to be the greatest year of my life. Spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, mentally, emotionally, socially, and ministerially. 2023 is my year to serve God with all my heart. It's my year of completion in Jesus' name. Now make this declaration, I will never, 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 never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Now give the Lord a big shout of praise. Praise God.
Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, isn't God good? You know what? You preachers that came, that you from Ohio that, that came. Brother Aaron Bird is here. Come on, Brother Bird. Come up here right quick. Praise God. I want all this. Pastor Ward still here? Yeah, have Pastor Mikey come up here. I want all the preachers up here right quick. Um, Pastor Ben, will you come up here with me too? Uh, Pastor Annie, Pastor Tammy. Well, she's, she's, she's making a good confession there. She come up for the preachers. Praise God. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I want to have y'all pray with me. Uh, I, want to, I want us to pray for these ministers that have come. We got, we got these pastors here, and we want to pray for these pastors that have come. And we just want to lay hands on them, and we want to agree with them that the Holy Spirit is going to work in and through them. And there's going to be that release of the Spirit. You know, some of y'all came from a long way. And others came from across town, you know. But either way, this is, we're, we're, I, I really believe we're in a pivotal moment, in a pivotal season. And so I want us to lay our hands on these that have come. I want everybody to stretch your hands toward these. And we're going to lay hands and we're going to trust the Lord for an impartation of the Spirit. Lord, we thank you. God, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, will saturate. Lord, as they go out of here tonight, may they leave filled to overflowing new direction, fresh anointing. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God, in the name of Jesus. For the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. Fresh fire, God. Fresh revelation, Jesus. All the pieces coming together. For the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Pastor Mikey, I, the Lord told me pieces are coming together for you. God says he's putting together pieces that, that there's been, it's, it's been like stuff wouldn't fit. And not, not in every season, some seasons it seemed like everything came together. But I hear God saying things are about to come together in a way like they never have. And the Lord says pieces are going to fit with pieces. And God says when them pieces come together, he says it's going to be like a puzzle. The Lord says, the Lord says you're going to get a greater picture of your future in this season than you've ever had before. Amen. But, but I, hear, I hear God saying 
that there's a deposit from heaven being, being uh, dropped in you today. In Jesus' name. Nemoseda, greater measure. That's our prayer, Lord, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank God. Come on, let's all shout to the Lord today. Amen. So good to see you, Brother Aaron. What a mighty God we serve. El Ferediriek today. Endosha. This lady here, what's your name? This lady with the glasses on her. What's your name? Holly, I hear, the, I hear the Lord saying, this is definitely your year. God says there have been some things that have held on to you. Uh, it's, it's as if they've been chained to you. God says you've carried around a weight and a burden, the Lord says, that he never intended for you to carry. The Lord says, my word declares that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Lord says that you, uh, he said, you have said in your mind, and you have said in your heart that I have I made my bed, now I'm going to have to lie in it. The Lord says, you may have made that bed, but God says, you don't have to get in that bed in the name of Jesus. God, God told me to tell you this. He says, I'll fix the things that you broke. The Lord says, the things that you tore up, God says, I'll repair. God says, I will put back together, the Lord says, what you believe to be irreparable. God says this is the beginning, the Lord says, of a great healing, he says, that's going to take place. Not only, I'm so, talking so loud, my watch is telling me to be quiet. Um, will you step out here real quick? Uh, Pastor Ben, I don't intend to do this to you. I'm not trying to, it's not like Pastor Ben uh, uh, missed anything. It's not like he left anything undone. But we're, we're flowing with the Spirit here. And they say, but I hear God saying, not only are you going to be, uh, receive a, a healing uh, God says in your inner man and in your soul but the Lord says it, th there's going to be an overflow of the spirit out of your inner man and out of the innermost part of your being and it's going to flow into your body and the Lord says the devil, sh the devil has tried to use this what has come against you in, in the invisible tried to use it to come against you in this physical realm to try to kill you to try to steal from you to try to destroy you and I hear the Lord saying you're leaving out of here well in the name of Jesus You're not just leaving here better. You're leaving here well in the name of Jesus. You know what I hear the Holy Ghost saying? God, God tell me to tell you this. Take up thy bed and walk. Glory to God. Come on, Pastor Ben. Let's lay hands on her. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Right now. We loose that right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that today she's leaving here well. She's leaving here whole. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You're welcome. He, he says you're not to be afraid that you won't know what direction to go. God says you take a step, he says, and I'll order the next one. You take a step, and he says, and I'll, I'll make sure that you understand where the next step comes and where the next step comes. The Lord says, the Lord says, before you came up in here tonight, you thought, I'm not sure I have the strength to go on. 
I'm not sure I have what it takes to continue in this thing. God says, the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. God says, and his strength never runs out. The Lord says, you're going to be strong in the Lord and in the strength and in the power of his might. The Lord said, he never intended for you to be strong in your might. He intended for you to be strong in his might. God says, this will be... This will be the first time that you get a revelation and understand the measure of the strength and the might of God. You're about to get a revelation of the mightiness of God because you're about to stand on strength that you don't personally uh, have as an individual. But God says you're going to be fortified by his spirit. He says, and nothing, absolutely nothing, the Lord says, will overtake and overwhelm you because he's with you today in Jesus' name. Thank God. I lose that to you. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I ain't trying to put Ben on the spot, but boy, I'd like for him to come back Sunday. I know they have dogs they have to attend to and whatnot, but... I mean, what's in your heart, Pastor? Do you have to go back? Do you have to? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm thinking he ought to come back Sunday. Now, see, preachers did this to me all the time, and they never, you know, they just said, well, what are you doing Sunday? I'm like, well, I thought I was going to be at home. Well, praise God. He's going to come back Sunday. I'm going to do that to Pastor Ben. If, if for some reason he can't uh, do it in the morning, Maybe he can come back Sunday night or something. But anyway, or he can just hope. Y'all can just stay. But anyway, we'll, we'll just see. I'll talk to him. But uh, man, the fire of revival is burning. Amen. Pastor Mikey, I'm so glad you came today, brother. Man, when I put my hand on you, I felt the sparkle of heaven. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. Isn't God good? <laughs> hey, but boy, I don't even want to stop. Amen. Well, um, <laughs> revival isn't over. We'll continue on Sunday, and we'll, we'll see what the Holy Ghost does on Sunday. And then we'll, we'll eventually have to turn loose of Pastor Ben and Tammy, but um, we don't have to turn loose of what the Spirit of God's doing here. How many of you, the Lord has touched you and He's changed your life already in, in some of these meetings? Listen, I want to encourage you. Maybe you're not a member of this church. Maybe you go somewhere else. I know there are many of you that are visiting with us today. Uh, let me encourage you with this. I know that uh, uh, as, an, as an evangelist, I tried to respect and honor other pastors and whatnot. Now Pastor Ward, he, he have to go preach at uh, his church on, on Sunday. But um, if, you're, if you're a member of a church, if you're not a minister, and you can come and be here with us on Sunday at 10.30 a.m., I want to encourage you to come. I, I think, I, in fact, I think it might be okay with the Lord if you just came one time and missed your church for just one time. One time, Jesse Duplantis came to town, and I, maybe it was Hilda. It was somebody. Somebody's like, "Is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> you think we can go see Jesse?" I'm like, "Is he here? Yeah." I said, "Well, you, you might as well." Have head on over there, you know. It was on a Sunday, you know, Sunday morning. I encourage people, you know, to go uh, because, you know, we may, they may not have another opportunity. Of course, they, they couldn't wait to find out what happened with us. <laughs> but, uh, but anyhow, um, but, but come and let's expect the Lord to do greater. Amen. Oh, 
God is so good. Father, thank you for all that you've said and done here tonight. Lord, we pray that your spirit would continue to have the freedom to do all that he desires to do. Lord, we're so grateful and so thankful for the man of God, for all the men of God that came here tonight, Lord, for Pastor Mikey, for Pastor, uh, Pastor Aaron, for, for Pastor uh, Reuben, and, and Pastor Pete, Lord. Thank you for Chris, God, bringing Chris from Ohio. Lord, for Cade, Lord, let your anointing uh, continue to rest upon all these that are going back home on tomorrow in the name of Jesus. And Lord, uh, let your spirit rest upon each one of us. God, may we, may, may tonight, as we lay our heads down on our pillows, may we dream spiritual dreams. May we see into the realm of the spirit uh, to know, Lord, the wonderful things that you have for us. And we'll give you the glory and the honor and all the praise. It's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Everybody said amen. Listen, go in his presence. Before you leave here, love someone because you do. And I'll see many of you back here Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m., uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the name of Jesus.